0: Hello and welcome to the Latter day Saint Women podcast, where we share the legacy of women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. You'll get to know the faithful women who shaped our past and hear from inspiring women of faith today. I'm Shaylin Back. And I am Carly Guyman. We are your co hosts. And
1: today we are so excited to welcome Barbara Thompson to the studio as our guest. Barbara, welcome.
2: Thank you. It's a delight to have you here with us. We're so excited. Well, I think I'm glad to be here. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. (laughs) We'll see, right?
1: Well, we want to introduce Barbara to our listeners. Many of you will remember Barbara as serving as the beloved second counselor to President Julie B. Beck in the Relief Society General Presidency from 2007 to 2012. And as we have reflected on Barbara's service and the messages that she delivered to the members of the church, she is loved. She is loved for her practical counsel that she shared to women and to families. She's loved for her deep belief in the purpose of Relief Society and its history and her wit and her down-to-earth realness. We love it, and we're, we're so grateful again to have you here with us.
2: Well, thank you. It's
1: great to be here, really. Prior to Barbara's service as a counselor in the General Relief Society presidency, she also served as a board member to President Elaine Jack, the 12th president of the Relief Society. Um, As a younger sister, she also served as a young missionary in Germany, and she earned a bachelor and master's degrees in social work and worked in the field for more than 30 years. So fun to hear these different parts of your background, and we're excited to jump into the discussion today.
0: It's been wonderful to chat with you so far, so I'm just looking forward to our continued conversation. Barbara, it has been nearly 10 years since you were released from the Relief Society General Presidency, and although some time has passed, we wanted you to share what lessons from your service and your association with President Beck and Sister Sylvia Allred continue to stand out in your mind.
2: Well, as I've pondered this uh, a little bit the past few weeks, I thought that I really learned a lot about Revelation. I was quite excited when I was a new member of the presidency. I thought, oh, great, now I'll be able to be there and we'll have instant revelation and inspiration, and it will be so easy. Boy, I learned that that's really not the case, that most of the time, revelation, it takes time, it takes effort, it's a lot of hard work. Now, that's not to say that some revelations were almost instantaneous. There were many times when we felt inspired and we received some direct inspiration immediately. But uh, I found that, as with most things in life, it takes work. It takes effort. It takes prayer. It takes fasting. But the Lord always comes through, and His timing is always right, too. So that was one thing that I really learned. Another thing, I remember back when we were first called, President Monson was the first counselor in the first presidency, and he met with us prior to setting us apart, and he reminded us to have unity in our presidency. He said, counsel together and have unity. Make decisions together together. And I was so thankful for that advice and that counsel. He said, when we sit down as a First Presidency or a Quorum of the Twelve, he said, here are 15 brethren who all have different backgrounds, different education. They speak different languages. They have different family situations. He said, all of them come with their own work and study and research. And he said, we put it all out on the table. We discuss it, we pray, we try to come to a decision. And he said, after discussing it, if we don't come to the unanimous feeling of unity about this, he said, then we table the idea and put it on the back burner. We need more study, more prayer, more time to be Mm -hmm. able to make that decision. And he said, please do that in your presidency as well. And he said, and then you will experience that feeling of unity, that peace that passeth all understanding. And that just stuck with me because after all, I think really that's what we all seek is that peace of knowing that we are unified and that we're together together. I think one other thing that really stood out for me during those years, and I'm so happy to see it emphasized again now in these recent broadcasts with general church leaders, is they're emphasizing again and again, counseling together. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing that I feel is absolutely necessary to work as a presidency, you've got to counsel together. And I just love that President Ballard and and others are really emphasizing that again, or still, I should say. Mm -hmm. And I love how more and more the women leaders of the church at the general level and also on the stake and ward levels are really participating in councils with the brethren. It just makes for better outcomes all the way around and for greater inspiration and
0: revelation. Absolutely. When you're coming to a council or a presidency and you're bringing your perspective and you feel heard and you feel valued, I just think that's amazing and it does mm-hmm. wonders for people. And so I think that if everybody listened could do that in their callings, probably do that in their marriages, mm-hmm. I just think of how much value you would feel. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That
2: really is the key, isn't it? To be able to work with others is to to be able to communicate with them find out where they're coming from. There's so much to learn. And I love
1: how you reiterated the process of Revelation, even for senior church leaders. I think your thought that it would be different when you're serving at a general level than it would be as an individual. I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, it must be different if you're the prophet or it must be different if you're the Relief Society general president. But Well, and
0: I felt that way when I was a missionary, that it would be like, and it was different to some degree, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't As easy as Mm I thought. Yeah, Yeah.
1: those principles are the same. It still requires work and effort and prayer, and it doesn't come necessarily in the moment that you're like, I would like this answer now.
2: (laughs) Exactly. You mentioned missionary. I thought when I was going to Germany to teach the gospel, I thought the people would just be there. I was there (laughs) to teach and testify, and then they will get baptized, of course. Well, I found that that wasn't the case, especially in Germany. We worked and worked and worked and worked and worked, and then still many people rejected our message. Mm -hmm. But the Lord makes you work and work and work, and that's where all the blessings and the growth seems to come is when you put forth that work and Mm -hmm. effort.
1: And so, hopefully, that's not a discouraging message for people. Mm-hmm. I think it's encouraging to know if you feel like you're seeking revelation and not getting it in the way that you think you will or should or in the timing, just don't feel alone because yeah. that's the effort and process that we're all working through. So I love those insights. Thank you for sharing. I also think you were you're ahead of your time. You were thinking about revelation and counseling years before, as we've heard those things emphasized again. They're pretty timeless principles.
2: They really I are, think. and, and uh, I- I- in all honesty, President Ballard spoke in conference many times in the early 1990s. Mm-hmm. And I know that for you, that time was so long ago that you can't <laughs> even imagine it. But yes, the brethren were teaching and preaching that then. It, it was true then, and it's true now. Mm-hmm. Just one other thing, if I may, th- that I learned while serving in the presidency was that. There are absolutely marvelous women all through this world. It was such an honor and such a privilege to be able to meet with people, I don't care where you are, anywhere in the United States, Asia, Europe, Central and South America. Wherever you go, you find dedicated, faithful women and men. But, of course, we were with the women a lot more, and I marvel every day at their faithfulness, their testimonies, and their diligence in overcoming sometimes very, very difficult circumstances and very tough problems and challenges. But, again, they were faithful followers of Jesus Christ, and that just did me a world of good Mm -hmm. and strengthened my testimony every time I had any interaction with women. Such a privilege. And to have their
1: stories and faces with you. I think throughout your whole life, you would remember these women. That's amazing.
2: Oh, you do remember them. And I remember one time meeting with the First Presidency and President Monson, this is when he was the president. And he asked us where we had been on assignment and where we were going. And I was to leave the next day on an an international assignment. And he said, will you do something for me, Sister Thompson? And I said. Sure. (laughs) And he said, Will you tell those sisters that I love them? And I said, Of course, President, I'll be happy to. And he said, Tell them, sure, and tell them I love them. And I thought that through his testimony and through his love that he irradiated, I hoped that I would be able to take that message to the sisters that I came across and make sure they knew that the sisters and their well being was mentioned in meeting after meeting after meeting with every time we met with the first presidency or the Quorum of the Twelve, any of the brethren. They were quick to ask us to be sure and let the sisters know of their love and concern. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that
1: again. So, Barbara, as we talk with you today and as we've reviewed past messages that you've given, you are definitely a Relief Society woman, which we love. (laughs) And during your service in the General Presidency, you often encouraged women to be devoted to the Relief Society. And you once shared, Relief Society is not just a class on Sunday. It isn't just a place we go if we are not teaching in the primary or young women organizations. It is the Lord's Organization for Women. Participation in Relief Society is part of our glorious heritage and blessing as women in the Lord's Church. We'd love for you to share what things helped you develop a testimony of the origins and the purpose of Relief Society.
2: Well, I think that until I was called to the general board, I didn't know much about the history of Relief Society. I knew that it was established on March 17th, Mm -hmm. 1842. You've been to a few
1: birthday parties, right? Yes,
2: because every year we had a little commemoration of that, but I didn't really know, and of course, I knew that Emma Smith and Eliza Snow were some of the early members and leaders, but I didn't know the history very well. And while I was serving with Sister Jack in the 1990s, she and her presidency had a real emphasis on the history, and I just marveled at how much we can learn from the minutes of the early Relief Society and the actions of these women. And so one of the things that we talked about when Sister Beck and Sister Allred and I met was that we recognized that this history was just so important in helping women to be faithful, to know some of our origins and some of the faith that the Prophet Joseph Smith placed in women and how obviously that the church is not complete without the women. And it was very important to the Prophet Joseph Smith to establish women— to get us ready and prepared for the temple and for other responsibilities in the church. So, in Sister Beck's presidency, we had the opportunity at one point to put together and kind of lead the charge for Daughters in My Kingdom. Uh, Sister, Such a fantastic resource. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's a marvelous book. Sister Susan Tanner was the main writer. I didn't know that. Well, it's not published with her Mm -hmm. name on it per se. But yes, she did so much of the work on it. And in this book, we thought that if women today could understand a little bit more of our roots and some of the early faithfulness and faith of the sisters, that it would spur us on to give us a call to action, uh, some guidelines, some help to help us thrive as disciples of Jesus Christ in our day. And so that book took a lot of work and a lot of diligence, but I think it really helped. I know President Boyd K. Packer was very interested in making sure that the history was shared. And this is one of the first times that a history book was uh, distributed to all of the women in the church. And it was a major undertaking. And so that was a great thing. I think that it. Provided some great examples and really helped sisters in our desire to be disciples of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that's been very important to me, the history. I also loved just as kind of an aside, but not really an aside. but I loved reading how. The early sisters took care of each other. They visited. They had a committee that was set up to visit sisters in their ward, and they went to their homes. They saw if they needed food or if they needed clothing or if they were sick and needed someone to help care for their children or for them. Relief Society started out ministering. and It's been that way from the beginning. It mm-hmm. has. And I'm sure that if we knew more of the history of the women in the times of Christ, we would have records that show women went about ministering and caring for one another.
0: Well, and as you talk about the history and feeling connected to the women that came before us, I totally feel that. And I feel like it's an amazing legacy that we get to be a part of. And it's just been neat as I've learned more about the early women and, and the early saints. We have a lot of the same problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. we and do. a lot of we this do. in our lives. There's a lot of differences, but there's so many similarities. And it's just neat to feel like we're all the same. We're just trying our best. And mm-hmm. so I love that you were saying the history is important to understand. And I have just really yeah. felt that.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, there were women who needed help with their children, there mm-hmm. were women who needed help in their marriages. There were. Women, women who, who worked. There mm-hmm. were women who worked. There were women who had various talents and, and abilities and and found different ways to use those talents and abilities. So it's just, it's a marvelous thing as far as I'm concerned. I tried to read as much history of, of the church and of Relief Society as I can, and there are just some marvelous things out there.
1: hmm well as you talk about the beauty of our history and how wonderful it is to be connected to understand what things carry on today from our history women today are very busy and they are involved in just so many important but also really demanding things so i'd love for you to share why should we continue to care about relief society and prioritize our membership in it and how can we increase our devotion what blessings come from that
2: of course Being devoted to Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ is first and foremost. We belong to the church of Jesus Christ. But I think through Relief Society, we get a lot of spiritual help. We get a lot of emotional help. We get a lot of support from one another. I think sometimes if women have had a bad day or they're dealing with something challenging, that it always seems to help when you can sit down with a a trusted friend or another woman or someone who believes like you do and just get some perspective or to have that listening ear. And many men are excellent listeners and very understanding and kind. I'm not saying that, but it's just different for women. And I think that that's why you find that there are women's conferences, and sometimes the men say, Well, we don't have a men's conference. <laughs> but, you know, it's just different for women. Uh, there mm-hmm. are different things that give us support and sustain us. And so I think Relief Society really fills that role. And it helps us to focus on things such as ministering and caring for one another.
1: I love that reminder. I think over the years, you know, maybe people have felt Relief Society has been different things for them. Sometimes it's their social club or it's where they go to learn new things or have activities. And I think more and more getting to that root of it is the place where I go to be nourished spiritually and to be reminded of my covenants and to be with people who feel similarly. Mm -hmm. I think it's enormously valuable in our lives today. And maybe, I feel that way. I love being part of Relief Society.
2: Well, I do too. And sometimes you just need to be able to get together with someone and laugh mm-hmm. and kind of let those pressures of the mm-hmm. world fly off of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and who better than a Relief Society sister who feels a lot like you do and who
0: has dealt with some of the same things that maybe you have? Absolutely. Absolutely. Barbara, we couldn't help but laugh when we learned that soon after you were released from the general Relief Society president, you were called as the president of your own Relief Society in your ward. (laughs) Well, it might be funny to you. (laughs)
1: Sort of cruelly (laughs)
0: ironic, yes. (laughs) It wasn't very
2: funny to me, (laughs) but if you want something funny, before that, I was called to be the chorister in primary and I don't read music, I don't play the piano, I don't <laughs> sing. Well, I sing, but it's camp singing or yeah. <laughs> shower singing. It's not real singing. Well, oh, uh, I
1: bet it was so much fun. I'd love to go to primary with you as the primary chorister. Well,
2: we had a good time, and of course the children are darling. But, yeah, it was a sh- an awful shock, and something I had always hoped would never happen to me is to be a Ward Relief Society president.
0: Well, we'd love for you to just talk about your reaction to being called to serve locally, you know, the things that you learned that were different from the lessons you learned serving generally, and then what blessings came from that service that was very different from your previous service.
2: Well, um, (laughs) I knew as I went around the world training Relief Society leaders, I knew very well that I had the easy part. Yeah, I can go and tell them the principles of the gospel and leadership principles, and we can talk about that. But then I can fly off home, and I don't have the responsibility of taking care of real people. And so when I was called to be the Ward Relief Society president, it felt like a very heavy responsibility, yeah. actually. I uh, It was something I never wanted and had always hoped not to have the blessing of being the president, but it turned out to be a great blessing. It really did, and it was a very hard experience, very difficult at times, but it was very rewarding too. I think one of the things that I learned that I I never would have had the opportunity to meet and to know some of these good people because there were a number of people I worked with that were not active in the church at the time, and I don't think I would have ever had the privilege of knowing some of these people as well as I did without that opportunity to serve them in their homes. And that, I feel, is a real blessing in my life. It really enriched my life and helped me. One thing that I knew very well because of my service in the General Relief Society Presidency is, again, this principle of counseling together. I knew that I could not do that alone, and I had a marvelous bishop and just wonderful counselors and secretary, and I needed their input, and I needed their counsel. So, I feel it was a real blessing for us to be able to sit down and counsel together, and we were able to just, uh, I think, do so much more than any one of us could have ever done alone. So I'm very, very grateful for that. And I, I'm very grateful that I, I knew that principle of counseling together. That is beneficial. The thing that I think I really gained from serving in the ward level is even a deeper testimony of visiting teaching. And of course, at that time, it was when I started, it was still called visiting teaching. And then while I was serving, it was changed to ministering. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, in my ward, I felt like... That is exactly what we had been doing anyway. We were striving to minister to each other. So I knew that if we were really going to be successful in reaching individual members of our ward, that we needed to have visiting teachers or ministering sisters who were really concerned about the women that they visited and that they really cared deeply about them and that they watched over them. And again, the sisters in our ward are just marvelous. And I think that they were able to let me know of things I needed to know, and I was able to let the bishop know of things that he needed to do. I felt that my calling as a Relief Society president, a big part of that was to ease the burdens of the bishop. I -hmm. really felt that. And So, I thought that the more that we, as sisters, could help each other, it would only serve to help the bishop and make our ward and the families in our ward stronger. So, anyway, those are some things I learned, but I just have such a great love for those sisters, and I realize that each of us have struggles and problems and, and challenges, and that most of us were just trying to do the best we can and boy i i sure learned a lot of gratitude i learned that heavenly father really is involved in the details of our lives and he really does care about the individual woman thank you
1: yeah thank you for sharing And I think that one of the greatest blessings that comes from serving are those relationships. You know, I think about when I left to serve on my mission and it was a scary thing, but I thought about, I'm going to meet some of my very best friends. And that made me more excited. And as I've served in other callings, it's like, I'm going to develop real friendships and real relationships. And that can be really motivating when there are other things that are undesirable or scary or "Ah, I never wanted to do this. So I, I like
2: that you shared that. I think that resonated with me. You know, really sometimes unlikely friends Mm -hmm, that you never thought that you'd have, Mm -hmm. uh, but very dear. And I've found that true wherever, whenever I've served in the church. Every calling just brings different relationships and wonderful experiences and opportunities.
1: Wonderful. Thank thank you, you, Barbara. Barbara, as we prepared for this interview, we listened to an interview that you had with Sherry Dew several years ago. And in that interview, you shared that and said, nothing in your life has gone as you planned except for being an active and faithful member of the church. And You said this has made all the difference. And I loved that message because I think that nearly every woman, regardless of her life experience, could relate in some way to that feeling like my life has just not gone as I planned or as I thought. And in that interview, you talked with Sherry Dew about the two of you being unmarried Relief Society general leaders, and over the years, you've shared some really helpful counsel to other single members of the church, and I think to the general church membership about the single and unmarried members around us. So from your observations and your perspective today, is there any counsel or encouragement that you'd share or reiterate with single sisters who are listening to this podcast?
2: Well, as I was pondering that a little, I thought... I'm still of the opinion that single and married sisters have more in common than they have differences. I think that all of us want to love and be loved. I think we all want to belong. I think we all want to be true disciples of Jesus Christ. We all want to be useful and and helpful. And Really, most of us want the same things. It's just that some of us don't have a partner to work on things with. To one of my married friends, I've said, yeah, it's easy for you. You've got your husband there to help you. And at times, they have jokingly said, well, yes, that's not always a help to Might have be a husband. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we laughingly have said, yeah, that sometimes that's not so easy. And yeah. yeah, it's wonderful to have children when they're good and when they're accomplishing and when they're growing. <laughs> and then it's not so fun <laughs> when, when things are going wrong with the kids. And so sure. <laughs> and, and so I, I've had to, to laugh. In the younger days, when I used to tend my little nieces and nephews, at times I can remember so distinctly after being with them for several hours. I thought, "Oh my gosh, I'm tending them for three days." And it's been, <laughs> how much longer th- it's is this been gonna... three hours? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, this is getting long. <laughs> and so sometimes I've had to to laugh and say sometimes it's okay not to be a mom or to be single in the church i think that we should never feel sorry for ourselves sometimes i have gotten into that mode of feeling sorry i can remember back when i reached 30 i thought uh oh, what's wrong i'm trying to live the gospel i'm trying to do what's right why am i not married mm-hmm. And then I deal with it and say, okay, get on with life, you know, and then you reach 40 and all of a sudden all these issues come up again. And then as you reach different milestones in your life, you think, oh, my goodness, what have I done wrong? But I, I think that we need to quit worrying and maybe ask ourselves, okay, how do I become the best disciple of Jesus Christ that I can be? and strive for that. And the other things will fall into place. We don't know the timing. Some of us will never be married in this life. Some of us, even though we were married in the temple, may be divorced. I think for each of us, this is a little bit different. And I would just encourage people not to be discouraged. Let your light shine. Use your talents and abilities and everything that the Lord has blessed you with to be able to serve others and help others because everyone has talents and abilities, married or single. That just, that just doesn't matter. All of us have, have gifts. I remember one time, probably one of the most spiritual meetings I ever attended, I was assigned to speak at a, a singles conference in Las Vegas. And I went in on a, a Saturday night, and my plane was delayed. There was a bad windstorm in Salt Lake, so it was delayed. And then when I got into the airport, <laughs> there was so much construction, I had to go through a maze. It w- took me a long time to get to the, to the gate where a stake president was to pick me up and he didn't tell me this until i didn't find out about this until the next day but he said when you were so late i got really worried and i thought what if she's Mr. her plane or because it said the plane has landed and where is she and he was getting really worried and he said he's just prayed oh heavenly father <laughs> you know please help everything to come together here and he said he distinctly heard a voice uh, the spirit tell him don't worry it's okay She is my daughter, and I will take care of her. And and the message I got from that is that Heavenly Father knows each one of us. Married or single, he knows us. We're his precious children. He cares about us. He knows where we are. He knows if we're having trouble. He knows if we missed our flight. (laughs) He knows if we're in a storm. He knows what's happening. And, you know, again, this this conference that I attended was such a, a sacred experience. Here were probably 1,500 single adults, and the spirit they brought to that meeting uh, was just absolutely like sitting in heaven, I thought. And so I think so much of our lives um, consist of what we bring to it and and what we want to make of it because probably if we feel like we can or can't we're probably right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's
1: fantastic thank you for that encouragement and for your perspective and i love just in listening to that i think there's so much value in and i think this is a beautiful blessing again from the relief side of you being members of the church is that we do interact with people in different ages and stages and phases. And there's so much that we can learn from each other. I think I walk away from interactions with greater perspective and greater understanding and empathy for others Mm -hmm. and greater appreciation for the life that I have and the blessings I have. And I think there's so much beauty that comes From our interaction with each other, again, in all stages and phases
2: of life. Oh, that's really true. And you know, I hope that as single women, that we wouldn't hesitate to step forward and do what we can. I I think some of us have a a bit of a complex in that we think, well, we're not as good as anyone else because, after all, the norm in the church is to get married. And I, I hope that we won't let that limit us because there's so much good we can do and so many ways we can help build the kingdom. And we should never, ever stop preaching eternal marriage. I mean, that's the plan. That's the plan of happiness. And so don't get negative on it. Even I know that's easy to say if you've had a divorce that was very difficult and so on, but keep
0: positive
2: and be willing to share and Let people see what a wonderful person you are.
0: Well, and just you shared just sitting there, you could just feel everybody's inherent value. Oh, yeah. There's nothing that they're doing or not doing that would change that. Yeah. You know, and just like that stake president heard that voice. She's my daughter. I love her. I'm going to take care of her. That's true of every one of us. Right. And so that identity, I think, is something that all of us, regardless of our life circumstances, can just attach to. Over and over again, that message that our Heavenly Father and our Savior love us. Mm -hmm. No matter what's happening, they love us. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Barbara, we mentioned in the introduction, you worked for decades as a licensed clinical social worker. And in your very first conference talk, it's called, I Will Strengthen Thee, I Will Help Thee, and we'll link to it for our listeners. You spoke of the challenges that many women and families experience that due to neglect, abuse, addiction, or other challenges— There's many children, women, or families that feel they might feel broken beyond repair, but you bore witness then and on other occasions of the resiliency of the human soul, our ability as children of God to rise up out of the extreme hardship and just these awful conditions to make life good. And we were just wondering, can you share some examples of the resiliency you witnessed in your professional life? And then also maybe some encouragement to women listening who may feel like their lives can never be good. Well, yeah. Uh, first, I'd really like to emphasize what you just said
2: about the resiliency of the human soul. I have seen some things, um, some abuse and neglect that would just absolutely break your heart. And you would think, how could anyone survive this? But again, I have, uh, have seen children, especially, and some women who were just crushed by abuse, and yet to see the remarkable healing that has taken place in their lives, there is no one, and there is nothing that the atonement of Jesus Christ won't cover. There's nothing that you can't heal from. I mean, Christ has, um, He's covered all of our sins, our addictions, uh, all the abuse, all of our sufferings, our illnesses, just everything he's covered all of that for us and, and i really have seen people heal and their lives become happy and productive i can remember on one occasion i won't say what state i was in but i was in another state attending a women's conference and training and generally after these meetings sisters will come up and shake our hands and introduce themselves and and thank us for coming and after this one conference A sister came up, a a young woman, I would think in her early 20s, and she came up to me and threw her arms around me and said, you literally saved my mother's life. And you know, it's funny because instantly a name flashed into my mind from probably 20 or 30 years before of a young woman who had been quite severely abused. By her father. And anyway, I don't know how, but I said, Well, now who's your mother? And it was this girl whose name came to my mind. And she says, I just want to thank you. And I said, Well, golly, it wasn't me, but I knew at the time I was working with your mother that she was a a very special person. And she had this inner strength (laughs) that was just beautiful. It really was, even though she was just a young teenager. Anyway, we couldn't talk. There were dozens of women waiting, and, you know, it was a personal thing. But she came up later and put something in my pocket, and as I got back to the hotel, I could see that it was a phone number, and So when I got back to Salt Lake a few days later, I called this number, and it was this woman who had been abused as a girl. And we talked, and I, you know, it was just remarkable to me. It was such a blessing in my life to see the remarkable things she had done. She hadn't let the abuse cripple her for life. She had worked through it, and she had stayed close to the gospel and to the to the lord and she was grown up and had children and had a missionary child and so on and so forth and i just thought no life isn't over because you've been abused or neglected yes there will probably be some hurts and wounds but they can be healed and again this comes about through the atonement of Jesus Christ, and I just think how wonderful it is for us to be able to have that knowledge that we can be healed, that we can be whole, and and there's somebody who loves us and is rooting for us and and taking our hand. Anyway, you don't often see the results of some of the work. Probably and, you mostly don't, and and everything's not doesn't turn out happy ever right. after. It's true, but. There really is hope. I hope that people never lose hope mm-hmm. because there's a, when you have that hope, and especially the hope in Jesus Christ, that's where life has meaning and purpose. That's
1: beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I want to highlight another important part of her healing was that she worked with you. She worked with a professional who could help her and then accessing the power of the Atonement of Jesus Christ and with time found healing. So thank you so much for sharing that.
2: Well, it's very humbling to even think that you might have had a small role in helping someone, especially when they have had such a big hurt, mm-hmm. a, a big it's an awful, traumatic yeah. experience like that, that it's very humbling.
1: So, Barbara, is there anything more that you would like to share with the women of the church or the
2: listeners of the podcast? Oh, anything, huh? (laughs) (laughs) We're opening it up to you. (laughs) Well, I I guess now that I'm old, (laughs) I have just learned that there really are a lot of ages and stages in life. Life looks so different now than it did when I was 30. It seems like some of the things I was so worried about, so concerned about, and so fussy about... Some of those things just plain don't (laughs) seem that big a deal when you get to my side of the uh, age line. But I've just learned, too, that there are a lot of people that want to help. There are a lot of people that are kind. There are a lot of people that are good. There are a lot of people that just want to do the best they can. And I have just learned to have a a lot of gratitude. Gratitude. Especially this past year, year and a half, as we've gone through this pandemic, I thought, how grateful I am that we're led by prophets of God. (laughs) I am so thankful, and I can testify that we are led by prophets of God. And I know many of these prophets, seers, and revelators personally, and I have been witness to revelation that they have received. And I have had the Spirit confirm to my spirit that they speak the words of truth and the things that we need to hear. I'm just so thankful that we're led by prophets of God. And I am thankful above all to know that Heavenly Father loves me and that to know that He loves every single woman. I am so thankful for the atonement of Jesus Christ. And uh, really, I uh, I hope he comes again soon. I, <laughs> I really do. I hope that uh, that I'm ready to receive him. I hope that people will have joy in life. Really, honestly, there are so many good things, so many happy things, even in spite of trials and difficult things. You know, I I look back over the years and some of the funny things that have happened because of service in the church and... I just kind of have to laugh. I, When I was serving in the presidency, one of my very first assignments, a, a lady came up afterwards and, and said, Oh, please don't feel like I was expressing some of the inadequacy I felt at being called to the mm-hmm. calling. And she says, Oh, please don't feel like you have to do something with your hair. <laughs> and, oh. and, and things like this would happen all the time. People would write the in and give us would say give us advice on what to what we should talk about. Or I had a couple of daughters that were looking out for their widowed fathers and oh, no. s- <laughs> some marriage set Proposals. I, I had people who were trying to set me up with their brother or their father and, uh, oh. it, you know, just all kinds of funny experiences. And, you know, d- being a member of the church puts us in places who, and, and among people that we just pr- kind of sometimes have to sit back and just laugh <laughs> because it, it is <laughs> it's just good, funny. It's and, good advice. And people are friendly and happy and kind and just want to do what they think is, is best for people. And I've always said, well... People have a right to my opinion, and, <laughs> and I kind of believe that. And even though i come to realize over the years that my opinion isn't all that hot. But <laughs> anyway, I guess I would just close with bearing my testimony and, and just, a, again, a deep sense of gratitude that I am a member of this church, that I have made covenants, with my Heavenly Father, that I've been able to receive many of the blessings of the temple. And uh, I'm just so grateful that we're led by uh, the Savior through His prophets. And I testify to you that this church is true. And I hope that each and every woman, every individual, will feel the love of the Lord in her life. And I say it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much. Barbara, you're such a delight. And Mm -hmm. we just, you were so memorable as a general leader. And I just really appreciate the time that you would take to come and just share your experiences and share your wisdom. And anyway, Mm -hmm. thank you.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I, I don't know that I have much wisdom, but we had a lot of good times and it was fun to see the general authorities in a setting other than general conference. At the pulpit, uh, right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're really marvelous men and their wives are just delightful. And yeah, that was a real blessing and real honor.
1: Well no, thank you. It is it's an honor to meet you and we're so excited that listeners will get to hear your perspective and as you reflect on serving generally and locally, we've really loved it. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. It is an honor to speak with such inspiring and thoughtful guests each week, and we are grateful that you continue to tune in and share with your friends and family and also share your feedback with us. We love hearing from listeners, and we appreciate your sincere reviews and suggestions. So please continue to share on Apple Podcast Reviews or via email at podcast at
0: churchofjesuschrist.org. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget that the podcast is available just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. So keep this in mind when you're sharing with friends and family. In addition to being on the church's website, it's also available on the Gospel Library app, Saints Channel mobile app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We also want to tell our listeners that transcripts of past episodes are being added to the show notes of various listening platforms and the church's website. Finally, we'd love to thank our wonderful editor, Kurt Dahl, and our producer, Matthew Mangum, and the many others who support this podcast. Until next week, I'm Shaylin Back. And I'm Carly Guymon. Thanks again for listening.